everyone. Welcome back to JCM Prepare the Way podcast. I'm Mallory. And I'm Carol. And we're so glad that you guys are joining us today. We have a really special topic today. We're going to be talking about understanding the word grace. But before we get into that, we just finished out Thanksgiving. So Carol, how about you tell me, tell us all about your Thanksgiving and what you did? Yeah, we had a lot of fun. We hosted 26 people here. So we had a big crowd and, but it was a ton of fun and, um, it was a good motivator for me to get all my Christmas decorations up. So my house is done and Mm -hmm. ready. And, uh, so that feels good, but yeah, it was a lot of fun, a lot of meals to coordinate in the oven to get ready to eat. So, but no, we had a great time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What'd you guys do? We went over to my sister's house and it's really fun because my parents and in-laws are friends. They even like go out to dinner with us and make plans without us sometimes. I can see that. (laughs) And they're both our babysitters. So So then we can't go (laughs) to fun things that they do. No, but, um, so my in-laws went, my parents went and then my brother-in-law and his parents. So it was just really sweet. It was a sweet time. But you said, did you have your Christmas decorations up for Thanksgiving? Is that what you said? Yeah, you know, which we were going to anyway, but it Uh just hosting a party actually motivates you to do that more. So, Uh and we were not going to get the tree up, but two days before Thanksgiving, we were at Home Depot and they had just gotten the thing of trees and we always do a live tree and, um, Mm -hmm. we saw a tree and it was perfect and (laughs) spoke to us. No. And so we picked it up and Uh decorated that night. (laughs) That was it. So. I know it's beautiful. I'm at Carol's house right now, and you guys do a lot of decorations. And I'm thinking you guys have so many decorations that I could never do around my house because they would all be broken. And my tree is already, the bottom is totally bare. Oh, yeah. And the ones are all on top because my kids just keep picking Holding it up. them down. Yeah. I know. But we're, um, when my husband <clears throat> and I first got married, I mean, we always, it was always our family tradition to put the tree up um, the day after Thanksgiving. That's what we would always do on that Friday. And then my friend told me like four years ago or something, she said, oh yeah, we put our tree up the day after Halloween. I'm like, wow, I didn't know you could do that. <laughs> and so my husband and I were like, wait, we're adults now. I mean, we got married kind of young, you know, yeah. and we're like, we can do it. So we started putting up our tree, not always the day after. It doesn't always work out that way, but like a week or two after. And this year I scored a tree on Facebook marketplace. Nice. And it looks real. Cause I didn't want the ones that looked like kind of tinsel. Like I wanted like a real looking tree. Cause we usually get one off our property, but it's cute. It's kind of like a Charlie Brown tree, but then Aww. like all the ornaments kind of, it's got like four limbs. <laughs> so, so I was like, we're getting more ornaments. We kind of need a bigger tree. Yeah. So I really wanted to get a fake one that looked real. I got one off Facebook marketplace. The people were like, the lights don't work, but you just have to cut it. Just cut the lights. Cause it was like a pre-lit tree yeah. that they got from Costco. My husband and I spent eight to 10 hours total unwrapping Oh, the lights my off of every single tree. We Our hands were like cut. We had to like use wire cutters. It was so much work. But my husband's like, what, did you what do are we doing? But then I went to Costco and I found this tree there and it was $600. Yeah. And I got mine for 60 So that made me feel much nice. better. So that, I don't know. I just went into my Christmas no. tree story. Those fake trees are so expensive. And, yes. um, but you know what my parents did? Neither of my parents are with us anymore, but, um, 
my parents, as they got older, they were so funny. They kept their tree up year round and they would just change the decorations <laughs> on it. So what you could walk in and there'd be the American flag for 4th of July or there's all the Easter celebrations. It didn't matter what it was. They decorated for any holiday and just changed the tree out. So they never took their tree down. And not to mention all the dust that was on the, <laughs> that was on the branches. That's so funny. Oh Why didn't they God. want to take it down? They were old. They, they didn't care anymore. <laughs> they were just like, it's too much work. <laughs> so they just, you know, no, you know, you know, when you get old, you just don't care. And so they just yeah. had it in a specific corner of their living room. They left it there. <laughs> well, those fake trees back then, you had to put each branch on. Oh, yeah. We had Individually color-coordinated. This one that I got, it's in three pieces. You set it up. It falls down into place. Nice. It takes less than a minute. Oh, yeah. We yeah. had the one growing up that you had to stick the individual <laughs> yes, branches in, and the thing looked so scrawny. <laughs> so, thank God for tinsel at the time. You just, it masked everything. So. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. All right. Well, I guess we should kick this off, right? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Um, yeah, we are so excited to talk about this topic today, the topic of grace. You know, and I was thinking about this. I was just telling Mallory, grace is such a beautiful word for me. I know every time I hear it, I feel such comfort. Mm -hmm. And I think it's because it's a word that means favor. Not like in doing someone a favor like their laundry or something, but favor as in the kindness of God in his tenderness towards us. And you know, the first time you see that word in the Bible, used in the Bible, is in the story of Noah, which I find fascinating. And in Genesis, it's in Genesis 6-8. Um, but when God was talking about his displeasure with mankind, because mankind was really wicked, and he said that he was sorry he made them, but then he says, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Noah found kindness. He found favor from God. And that word actually means in that verse that Noah was pleasant and agreeable in the eyes of God. And I mean, when you really think about that, for me at least, I just am like, wow. I mean, when you really take a step back and when I take a step back and I think about how significant of a statement that is, especially in light of what God said prior to that, which I just want to read that verse prior to that. And it said that the Lord saw that wickedness of man was great in the earth. And that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continuously. And I'm, it's just such a profound thought to me because yet in the midst of the depravity of mankind, Noah caught God's attention. Mm -hmm. Noah stayed undefiled from all of that, which that I find amazing, <clears throat> excuse me, in and of itself, but also that the God of the universe the reason for all existence around us showed grace to this man, could see this man in, in the midst of all of this wickedness and his family, ultimately. And I think about that today, that it's still possible not to be slimed by the world, mm -hmm. that it's still possible to come out from the world and live different. And that's what Noah did. And he received God's kindness and favor as a result. I just think grace is so beautiful. Mm -hmm. And so Mallory, I know that grace is 
uh, you wanted to talk about this topic Mm -hmm. and that it's been on your heart for a bit. And so I'm excited to hear actually what you want to share with our listeners today on it because so I'm just going to essentially give you the floor more or less and um, just make sure we allow enough time to hear all the wonderful things the Holy Spirit has been showing you. Yeah, well, I'm excited too. And, you know, I think of this word grace and the whole world knows that, you know, this is used in our vocabulary and um, whether you're a Christian or not. But before, for me, before becoming a Christian, you know, when I thought of the word grace, what would pop in my head was like a picture of a ballerina or, or someone with such great poise or like, just like walking like so peacefully. And that's true. That's what grace can mean. But as I've matured in my faith, I had this moment, actually, this is why I wanted to do this podcast was because I was sitting one morning, just reading my Bible and the, and the word grace came up and I looked at what it meant in the, I have my blue letter Bible app. So of just the Greek word of it or Mm -hmm. the Strong's Concordance. And I was just so blown away at what this word really means. And God just from there kind of just kept showing me where grace is in every single part of my life, in every single part of our life and how it's just, it's who he is, but it's also that we have access to it as well. And I'm just learning the power, the beauty, the depth of this definition, the definition of this word. And so, you know, because God, he just does the, he doesn't just have grace, but he is grace because he created it. He's the creator of Mm. grace. I know it's, that's a big thought. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I think that's well said that it's a characteristic of who God is. And I tell you, for me at least, um, the more that things begin to shake around us, I think the more in mm-hmm. awe I am of him. And perhaps it's just the season I'm in. I don't know. But I just am so in awe of him. It, more and more, he is truly my anchor in this um, uncertain world. And so I think what's so unique about it is that grace, it indicates favor on the part of the giver and then thankfulness on the part of the receiver. You know, by God's grace, by faith in Jesus Christ, our sins are removed. I mean, we receive unmerited, undeserved favor, and we should never take that for granted. You know, what does scripture say? I love that scripture. Um, For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person, one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us in that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. I think that's out of Romans 5, 7. His grace through saving our souls, making us new creations, born again in him, should make us so thankful Mm -hmm. that we want to praise him and serve him and worship him always. He's the ultimate giver. Mm -hmm. And so it is, it's a characteristics of who he is. And I personally, I I told you when you came in, I'm like, I was thinking about this last Mm -hmm. night and I just am so overwhelmed. I'm so thankful because his grace and mercy are just so overwhelming. His grace not only saves us and then wipes away our sin, but his grace removes the guilt the guilt we have from sin, and then his mercy removes the misery of our sin, the effects of it in our life. It's just, it's incredible. And I know I said I was going to give you the floor, but I just had to say this really no, quick. I'm so sorry. I think I'm just caught up in it. I, I have been a recipient of such great grace. 
when I look back on my life before Christ, I have just been such a recipient of such great grace. And what's that verse in Luke 7:47? It's the story of the woman who's washing Jesus's mm-hmm. feet with her hair and her tears, and then she anoints his feet with that expensive oil. And the Pharisees were so appalled because the woman was a sinner, but Jesus said, "Therefore I tell you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, mm-hmm. for she loved much. But he who is forgiven little loves little." Mm-hmm. And I think about that. He who is forgiven much loves much. And I think that's how I feel, Mallory. I have been forgiven of so much in my life before Christ, but even walking with Christ. Mm -hmm. Because we don't always do it right. You know, Mm -hmm. we mess up. We put our foot in our mouth. We do so many things. And so my heart almost aches in its love for him Mm -hmm. and my thankfulness for him that he could take someone like me and do things with me. I just love him so much so for bestowing his grace on me. And I pray I never take it for granted. It truly is the most precious gift. Mm-hmm. Um, when you said that verse, I thought of that verse too, where sin abounds, grace abounds all oh, the more. Right, yes. And how crazy. That's crazy. It's, that is. It's yeah. so big. That's yeah. what I mean. Like I was telling you, it's just, it's, I'm overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Yeah, I loved what you said, though. I think this brought so much peace to me, and I'm sure it brought peace to other people, too. You said, in this world, it's your, he's your anchor. Mm. And this world is so crazy right now, and there's so many things and so many uncertainties, and we're walking in new things that we've never experienced before and um, new ways of government. I mean, just so many different things. And just that, gra- like, this gift of grace allows us to be anchored. And I just wanted to repeat that for someone out there because that gave me peace, that we can have peace. We can have the love of God. We can be anchored. So I love that you said that. Um, But yeah, I think to understand what grace is, we really have to understand that grace, it comes from the God who is gracious. And we even see Exodus 34, 6, God shows himself to Moses. And this verse reads, it says, The Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. And that word gracious, it's the Hebrew word shenan. And that means to be considerate, to show favor. And that word, it's actually only used when speaking about the attribute attribute of God. God is Yahweh shenan. God is gracious. And so this word, it's speaking about his character. That's what we were saying. It's who he is. And that word, Shannon, we see it so many times in the Old Testament, especially when it's concerning the Israelites. And, you know, the story of the Old Testament is that the Israel are God's chosen people. And however, they rebelled. They walked away from God to pursue their own passions and desires. Even though they were God's chosen people, God so like picked them out of the crowd and, and just picked them and blessed them and gave them favor and all these things, but they still just rebelled. But God called them back to him and to his heart over and over again. And we see it so many times. That's so much of the Old Testament. You know, we see in Nehemiah 9.17, this is concerning the Israelites. It says, they refused to listen and did not remember your wondrous deeds, which you performed among them, which makes me think about the gratitude that you mm-hmm. were talking about, Carol. Mm-hmm. Um, so they became stubborn and appointed a leader to return to their slavery in Egypt. But you are a God of forgiveness, mm-hmm. gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in mercy, and you did not abandon them. Mm. 
And yeah, like I said, Israel, they were rebellious. They were a wayward people. However, God is gracious and gave them this chance to return to him time and time and time again. And his graciousness, we have to realize that it had absolutely nothing to do with the Israelites. It had nothing to do with their behavior. It had everything to do with God and who he was, that it was his perfect grace that kept pursuing him in love. And it's the same for us who are God's children. We're loved by him and his grace and his love pursues us every single day. And our salvation is actually because of his grace. It's nothing because of what we've done. And Ephesians 2, 4, and 5 says, But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive in Christ, even when we were dead in our transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And because God is God and his character and his ways are perfect and consistent, his grace towards us, it never changes based on our own circumstances. You know, he is so like unlike imperfect human beings who... You know, I don't know about you, but I have to intentionally choose to be considerate. I have to intentionally <laughs> choose to show favor. And, you know, it's typically based on my own feelings, my own current circumstances. Do I feel like showing grace? Do I feel like showing mm. favor? You know, I can't help it. I'm human. You know, I just have this fallen, sinful nature. I have to be intentional in giving grace. But God, because he is God, he is Yahweh Shannon. The grace that he gives, it's not based on any circumstance, ours or his. It's always consistent. It's always available for his children. We are recipients of his grace. And that is the exact same on our best days and on our worst days. And I even want to continue with that verse in Ephesians. Um, So it's verse 2. This is 8 and 9. It says, for it is by grace you have been saved. Paul is really trying to make that message right there (laughs) because he said the same thing. Through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works, so that no man can boast. And, you know, his grace, it's not something that we can work for. It's not something we can earn. It's this free, it's this perfect gift from God. And it's available to us every single day. Limitations 3.22 and 23 says, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. And so we, as the children of God, we have access to this perfect grace, this perfect God of grace every single day of our lives. And I just want to encourage someone out there who feels like, man, I'm too far gone or, you know, God, I, Lord, I gave my life to you and I told you I'd never do that thing again, but here I am doing it again. His grace is waiting for you every single morning to truly live out um, just the fullness, to live in the love that God has for you and to live in the way. And, you know, I just think of Peter. Peter experienced God. He walked with God every single day. He was friends with God. And he said, God, I'm never going to abandon you. And Jesus is like, well, you're going to three times tonight. And he does it and how, you know, how he separated himself from the Lord. But then it was, it was Jesus that came to him and said, and met mm-hmm. him and said, Peter, you know, just, I forgive you and, mm-hmm. and, and called him and out of um, what he didn't do, actually put him into ministry and gave him grace for it. And so that's just available to us every single day. I used to go to bed sometimes when my kids were little, laying there saying, I have ruined them today, you know, Mm -hmm. because some days were better than others. But again, 
that morning, every morning, it's a new yeah. day. And, and his compassion fails not. It truly is new every morning. And so I'm just thankful for that reminder. And I absolutely agree with you on all that, Mallory. And we, we can never, ever, ever boast in ourselves because it robs God of his glory. And that, you know, if I'm being perfectly honest, I'm sure I did that quite a bit early on. And I just went through a humbling with him years back. And we can never rob God of his glory. We have to be so careful of that. It is only through his kindness. It is only through his grace that we are even able to come into his holy presence to begin with. And it is a priceless gift, like you said. And thinking about his presence, I mean, there are even angels who Mm. dare not look upon the Lord, which is why wings cover the faces of seraphs, for example, seraphim, which are uh, burning ones, burning angels. And yet we are encouraged to come boldly to his throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. That's in Hebrews 4. To come boldly is to come confidently, to speak plainly to the Lord. Are you kidding me? Mm -hmm. I mean, and he taught me that some years back, and I speak very plainly to him. And even when I do that, I'm just still in awe when I come boldly to his throne of grace, the creator of our DNA, the creator of the wind, the creator of all things, the savior of all mankind, the king of kings wants us to speak plainly and confidently before him and obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Really? When all of heaven right now is worshiping him this very moment, Mm -hmm. bowing down, casting their crowns before him. And we are to come boldly to his throne of grace. I mean, that's a deep, that's a deep thing to ponder Mm -hmm. and a very humbling thing for me to ponder. And yet it's a powerful way to pray. Mm -hmm. We're going to need to obtain his grace to endure the shaking going on in the world. I mean, Mallory... I know I keep repeating myself, but it's almost too big for me to wrap my head and heart around. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. It is so powerful. And, and, and that power, it enables us to live differently than the world does. When we operate in God's grace in our everyday, think about every part of your day, you know, your work, your, um, relationships, your spiritual life, think of all aspects of your life. And I say that because God wants to be a part of it all. He cares about the details of your day. But when we operate in this grace and in those parts of our lives, we're operating in the best possible way there is to do things. Because when we receive grace, we actually receive God's power. And we see in 2 Corinthians 12, 9 and 10, it says, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness so that Christ's power may rest on me. And so who doesn't want the power of the most high to rest on them? 
And when we stop relying on our own power, on our own flesh, and we start relying on God's perfect and wonderful grace, we actually have power that rests on us. Mm. What an amazing promise. Mm -hmm. And this gives us the ability to do what we're unable to do in our own flesh. And that's why I said grace, it enables us to live differently than the world does. We should look different than the world. We should be killing it, you know? Yeah. Because we have the secret of doing things so differently. And it's grace. This word that I thought was like a pretty ballerina, you yeah. know, I think that is what's blown me away. And what, and what the world thinks of grace is like gentle. And, mm-hmm. and that's true. God is gentle. And mm-hmm. sometimes that is power of God to be gentle, you know, but you know, and it's on this side of heaven that we even get to access that we don't even have to wait mm-hmm. until we get to heaven to access the power of grace in our lives. And really, we're supposed to ask for God's grace in our lives. We also have to remember that if we want it activating in our lives, we need to ask. And if you guys remember, if you remember this verse, Luke 11, 9 through 13, it says, I tell you, ask and you shall receive, seek and you will, and you shall find, knock and the door shall be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and everyone who seeks finds and to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of your fathers, if your son asked for a fish, would give him a snake instead? Or if he asked for an egg, would give him a scorpion? So if you, even though you are evil, still know to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? And so how amazing is God? He is such a good father. That's such a good reminder that he is such an amazing, wonderful father. And he says, give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. Well, what does the Holy Spirit give to us? He gives us grace, grace to love Jesus, grace to do the things that God is asking us to do that we absolutely could not do in our own fleshly strength. And the father, you know, he's just waiting for us to call on him and for us to ask for this grace in our lives. And there's a really powerful story I heard. Um, I didn't read the book, but Carol, you said you read this book. It's called Intercessor. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's about... Um, it's on my shelf if you want to take it home. It is. I know. I yeah. need to read it. <laughs> um, and it talks about the life of Reese Howells. And he's someone who lived back in the late 18, 1800s to mid-1900s. And he was born in Wales. And he was known for this powerful ministry of prayer. And well, at this time when he was in his early twenties, he just started to become gripped by the Lord and God began to just speak to him about who he would become and, and you know, what he was called to do. And, and one night he had this encounter with the Holy spirit and he said that it was like an encounter with meeting a real person, the Holy spirit or the Holy ghost. I should, I should say it's, it's like a real man that came to meet him where he was. And he said to him, this is what the Holy Spirit said. He said, Reese, I'm going to need all of you. And at this time, you know, Reese is a young man. He's like 23, 24. And the Holy Spirit says to him, he says, I cannot mix myself with yourself. And Reese, he loves God. He does the work of the Lord, but this really challenged him. You know, he's really starting to get gripped by the Lord. And he starts wrestling with this because he's in this powerful encounter with God where God is asking a lot of him. And I think of how many people live kind of half, 
You know, I mean, if God really came to you, you can't go and say, well, I'll do 50%. You have to, right. give, you have to give a yes or no answer in this moment. Yeah. So he's kind of freaking out a little bit, yeah. you know, and, and the Holy Spirit says, I cannot mix my will with your will. It's all of me or all of you, you decide. And Ooh, so I, I know that's a big one today. Could you imagine if the Holy Spirit came? I bet he does that every day with us. I know. Choose today whom you will serve. Yeah. You know? It's hard, but he has to have this wow. moment of time. And so the Holy Spirit gives him actually the specific amount of time to come back to him and, and let Reese decide if he'll, if he'll do this or not. And it was like a week or two weeks. I'm not totally sure. But, and so Reese starts to wrestle and, and Reese knew that God would not take superficial surrender. It had to be real. And he's thinking, how can I fully surrender to God? How can I do this for the rest of my life? Fully giving myself to God. And, you know, he started asking these hard questions. What does this mean? It, I, it doesn't, I can't live life the way I wanted to live my own life. And so he's wrestling, he's wrestling and he's getting to the end of this time. And the Holy Spirit, the, the time that the Holy Spirit gave him, and he has like two minutes left because, um, it's the end of that time that he has to have that decision. And he just gets to the end and he says, I can't give you everything. And he's at the end and decides there's no way that he can give the rest of his life totally fully surrendered to the Lord. It feels totally impossible. And in these last minutes, when he comes to that conclusion, the Holy Spirit says to him just so sweetly, do you want me to help you? I know it makes me cry. You know, just the pressure that we put on On ourselves ourselves. Mm -hmm. to do things. He's the helper. Well, think yeah. of that verse in yeah. in Matthew, the Sermon on the Mount, where he says, "Be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect." It's like, <gasps> I don't, I, you know, if we really yeah. come to it, I think sometimes we say, "Well, I can do it," and we muster up our own strength for a day or two, and then we totally fail. We don't rely on the Holy Spirit, who's right there, so sweetly saying, "Do you want me to help you?" Because there's no way that any of us can live out totally <laughs> and fully surrendered. Walk in the way that he calls us to walk without the power, the grace of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We cannot do it without the help of God and his perfect grace. And the thing is, is that God is asking us to live differently from the world. We are supposed to look differently from the world. He's asking us to do something that is completely impossible for us to do. Mm-hmm. And I think this is where so many Christians walk away because they know that God is asking them for more. They walk away or maybe just stay, stay on the shallow end, you know? Mm-hmm. because they know that God is asking them to surrender more. Maybe that verse that kind of cuts, they just harden their heart to it because at the end of the day, they just mm-hmm. know they can't do it because they don't realize that there's this perfect grace available to them to help them every single day. And anything that God's asked of us, we cannot do it without the help of his grace. And God knows that. Mm-hmm. And so we have to understand that God gives us this grace because he loves us. And so we pray for God's grace, for God's power in our lives to live out every day in the way that he intends us to live. And there are days that we're not going to do it perfectly or honestly, even at all. And I'm saying this because I've had my days where, you know, I'm just like, God, I'm going to choose my own way of doing things and totally reject intimacy with him, totally reject obedience to God, because that day I just want to do it my own way. And I hate that so much. And thankfully those days are fewer and far between as, as I'm becoming more sanctified. But that is the reality is that we don't do it perfectly. I don't do it perfectly. 
And when that happens, I get to wake up that next day, that next moment if I choose. And God's mercy is so powerful. And it's there waiting for me to step into and come back into his love and his grace because he is Yahweh Shannon. He is the God who is gracious to us. And so there is mercy to fall before him and say, God, I didn't do this right. Lord, forgive me that we would repent of our ways and ask God, show me your mercy. Show me your, give me your grace today to do it the way that you want it, want it to be done. And this has become such a constant prayer of mine. And it really has just changed my life. And I feel like, I feel like I've started to finally, um, boast in my weakness and, and put on the grace of God and ask for God, for God's grace. And I see it changing my life. I feel like, oh my gosh, I'm able to do that thing that you asked me to, because I asked him for help because I did. I'm like, God, I, I, I can't in my own flesh. I can't do what you're asking me to do. And that feels really hard, but you can help me do this. And so, yeah, I, that's why I wanted to talk about this is because it's been so powerful in my life. Me understanding that I actually have access to this power, to this grace to do it. And it's because of his love. There, there's so much in there to unpack, <laughs> but yeah, I have a couple of thoughts swirling in my head right now. Number one is the thing that you said where you were talking about, um, why so many Christians walk away because they are knowing that they know that God is asking them to be more, to surrender. Um, mm-hmm. you know, it reminded me of a couple things. Um, number one, God's standards are so high mm-hmm. because he is holy mm-hmm. and he expects us to live different from the world like you said and in the holy spirit study when we were talking about the fruit of the spirit we were talking about the fruit of goodness which is a word a lot of people don't comprehend very well when they read about the fruit and and what that word goodness is all about is god's high standard mm-hmm. His goodness, it's, it's, he's so good. You can't, it's unattainable. He's, Mm -hmm. his standards are so high and far above us. And it made me think of Israel when you were talking because his standards for them were equally as high, Mm -hmm. but they didn't have the Holy Spirit to help Mm, them. Yeah. We do now. Yeah. So even though his standards are high and I encourage you, I don't want to go into the different things that um, Christians, how we're commanded to live. If you want to re- uh, listen to the podcast, um, do not marvel if the world hates you. I was going to say that. I yeah. list those out in there, yeah. but there's absolutely no way we can do some of those things without the grace and help of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and his spirit within us. I cannot love my enemies or pray for them without that grace. Mm-hmm. I cannot endure under trials without that grace. I cannot love my husband or my children or stand in the face of danger or whatever it is without that grace, without the help of the spirit of God within my life. We have been given this incredible grace and the gift of the spirit of the living God to live within us. So yes, his standards are still high and some people struggle Mm -hmm. because walking that Christian path is narrow And it is difficult. And Jesus says it is difficult and few will find it because we're so used to doing things on our own and in our Mm -hmm. own strength and ability. But I love that reminder of Reese Howes where he says, do you want me to help you? Mm -hmm. 
And that's powerful. And then one other thing I wanted to say, I thought of my mother, my precious mother who had dementia before he died, she died. And my sister Rita and I had her at her house. <laughs> we were trimming hair and whatever we were doing. But anyway, she, we were talking to her about the mind of Christ because even though she's diagnosed with dementia, we always spoke biblical truth over mm-hmm. her. So we'd say, mom, you have the mind of Christ. Well, she started crying. I have it on video. Oh. She started crying because to even think for even just even a tiny bit mm. that she had the mind of Christ was overwhelming to her. She didn't think she was mm. worthy to have the mind of mm. Christ, but that's the grace of God within us to get us thinking like him and living mm. like him. And I just showed my sister Karen that video the other day when she was in town and we both just like our eyes filled up with tears because it was such a, I'm so glad I filmed it, but mm-hmm. it's just little things like that. These yeah. reminders are so good. And yes, that Reese Howes book, I read that years ago. It is a powerful, powerful book. If you've never read it or you want something really deep to read, that's just an incredible story. It's Reese Howell's Intercessor. Mm-hmm. And it changed how I fasted and prayed actually, mm-hmm. because in the book, Uh, He is led by the Holy Spirit to fast for weeks on end. And and then the Holy Spirit trained him how to pray Mm -hmm. for hours on end. Well, he did this for so many years. And God's grace was with him during those times of prayer and fasting. And actually, it was through those prayers and fastings that you learn in the book, God used him mightily as a man of influence during World War II. Mm-hmm. to take down enemy assignments through prayer and fasting. It's oh, incredible. Wow. It's an incredible story. I might have to read it again. Yeah. <laughs> but it just shows that God's grace is sufficient. It was sufficient then, and it's still sufficient now, period. Mm-hmm. In our weakness, he is strong. In our inabilities, he'll see us through. In our fear, he'll be our comfort. His favor is with us. And one thing uh, totally going in the opposite direction of this, though, for a moment that I do think is important to point out, and this is just food for thought for anybody out there to just chew on a little bit, in all this beautiful talk of grace, is that there is something we need to be careful of. And it comes from James chapter 4. Read that chapter when you have time out there. There's a verse that says, God will give more grace, quote, even greater grace, which a lot of people like to quote and, and, and um, rest on. But how does one get that greater grace? Well, I'm going to read part of that verse that comes before that. And it reads like this. Do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? That means hostile. Mm-hmm. Whoever, therefore, wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you think the scripture says in vain, the spirit who dwells in us yearns jealously, but he who gives more grace, but he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Mm. The verse to get greater grace has to be taken in connection with the preceding verse that I just read, which has two very important rhetorical questions. Number one. Do you think the scriptures speak in vain? And number two, does the Holy Spirit, which he made to dwell in us, yearn jealously? Mm -hmm. 
for you? The implied answer is it cannot be so. So we must not act flagrantly. Not taking scripture seriously is what that means. And we must not act in a way of grieving the Holy Spirit by quenching him. But it implies if we will listen to the scriptures instead of taking them in vain, and if we will yield to the Holy Spirit so that he may have his way within us, God will give even greater grace. Namely, as the verse continues from there, to all that follow humbleness and turn away Mm -hmm. from the world, as stated before that. Greater grace to those who humble themselves to the scripture and to the Holy Spirit and to people who are not friends with the world. Greater grace to them. I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's really thought-provoking. I could spend a month on yeah. that verse. And that's not my opinion. That's coming from a deeper study into those verses through other sources. And that's what Reese Howes did. He humbled himself in prayer and fasting. He was not friends with the world. He yielded to the Holy Spirit, but he prayed for the world to be saved. It's just a powerful picture, and I'm glad you brought that up. Mm-hmm. The other thing I wanted to make note of about grace, and, and um, I thought about this last night, is notice how it's almost always part of the opening and closing salutations Mm -hmm. in the letters, in the epistles. And it's definitely in the closing of the letter of Revelation. Never forget, Revelation is a letter, so it has a closing. (laughs) And the closing says, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. And that's the end of the letter and the end of the Mm -hmm. Bible. It's beautiful. And so, I don't know, I just, I pray daily Every day for God's favor on me, my children, my husband, our families that we're not with. I, you know, because it says that his favor covers us as a shield. Mm. So when I pray for his favor, for his grace, I truly believe we have his shield around us. And then I, I pray for his favor first, but then I also pray for favor with mankind. And I get that from the book of Acts in 247. It says that the early church. You know, it was speaking of how they broke bread together. They continued daily in one accord together. They ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. They praised God together. And then it says, having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. In this verse, that favor they had means they found grace with each other and grace with other people. And what is that? It just popped in my head just now as I was talking. What is that? A uh, word in in Proverbs where um, those who follow the Lord, even God, will make his enemies be at peace with them. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I know yeah. I probably butchered that, but that's the whole point. Mm-hmm. Grace is indicated favor on the part of the giver and then thankfulness on the part of the receiver. Mm-hmm. And the early church lived in that grace and kindness together. And I just love that. And that fact that Grace is received. This is the last thing I just want to say that I I think about too. It's the grace that we receive, friends, is from both the Father and from His Son, Jesus Christ. We see that in 2 Corinthians. We see that in Galatians. We see that in Romans, where both are mentioned. And that together is a testimony to the deity of Christ. And so it's all just so beautiful and mystifying to me in a way and majestic, Mm -hmm. and humbling, this grace that we've received, unmerited. 
while we were still sinners. I want nothing but to praise him for that. Mm -hmm. So good. Yeah, and I, I think that's such a good reminder to pray for ourselves, pray for our family, pray for grace. And so I'll pray for us. Yeah. <laughs> I'll pray for grace. Um, Lord, we thank you, God, for who you are, that you are the God who is gracious. Lord, and it has absolutely nothing to do with who we are, but it has everything to do with you. And so, Lord, would we take our eyes off of ourselves, Lord? Would we stop looking at the... Um, things that we can't do in life. And we just get so caught up in it or that we would no longer get caught up in it, but Lord, we would get caught up in your glory and your love and your grace and the power that's in your grace. And like the angels, they fall down before you, Lord, because they're so in awe of who you are, Lord, and that we would be transformed. You say, I don't know exactly what that verse, but it's like we're looking into a mirror that we get to be transformed in the image of Christ. And so, Lord, would your grace come down so powerfully on all of us, Lord, that it would just forgive, your mercy would forgive all of our iniquities, Lord, all of our shortfallings, all of our sin, Lord, that we would walk in the greater way that would glorify you and please you and bring us into intimacy with you, God, and and just making us um, so filled with the joy of the Lord, with praise and worship to you, God, because you are so worthy of it. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you all for joining us today. God bless you.